The following episode contains graphic content and may be unsuitable for younger or more sensitive audience members. Don't talk, just listen. Son, there is no hope, only mystery, wonder, and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast Network. Episode 6 Black Mold The following letters were retrieved from a penthouse apartment formerly occupied by one Chaz and Montana Doherty. The handwriting is consistent with samples collected from the desk of Mr. Tyson Braun. As you will soon see, Mr. Braun is long past caring who reads his correspondence. The letters begin. Dear Juliet, It's been five months, and you're still gone. I took Frank and Estelle up on their advice and went on vacation, someplace that you and I never went together. I'm writing this to you from the desk of my room in Hawaii. The trees are green. The sand is white. The surface blue. All is beautiful and all is tranquil, but you're still gone. I'm surrounded by people, by life, pretty much everywhere I go and everywhere I turn. But the most powerful presence is your absence. It's with me at all times, hovering beside me like haze on a hot summer day. I miss you. There. There it is, as simple and as clear as I know how to say it. I miss you. The words tear through me like a barbed fish hook being pulled free of an unlucky catch. Sometimes, I worry that I'll never be able to feel anything else again. Nothing besides this missing of you. The missing will be all that I know, and all that I am. I should turn in my Juliet. Maybe tomorrow will be the day that the ache begins to fade, as everyone tells me that it must. I'll need to get up early and have a word with the front desk about my room. There's a patch of black mold on the far wall, so I'll need to be switched to some other, cleaner accommodations. But surely one night with the stain will not hurt too much. This letter was signed. Love, your Romeo. Dear Juliet, it's been nine months and you're still gone. When does it get easier? It's supposed to get easier. I keep waiting, but you're still gone and it still hurts. Frank and Estelle introduced me to a friend of theirs, 
Mary or Marie or something or other. She was a pretty nervous thing and she kept trying to inspire conversation with me. She had a tittering laugh, a laugh like an idiot, and a whole host of tics and habits that made our time together almost unbearable. The next day, Frank called to tell me I need to apologize to Marie or Mary or whatever it was. I told him what he could do with that idea and that touched off a whole long fight. They've been angry with me, I know, but they've been moving around me like they have eggshells taped to their shoes. I felt the kind of relief hearing Frank's anger finally burst and rain down over me. They keep telling me I need someone. I don't want someone. I don't want anyone. I want you and only you. I want to wake up with the bed still warm from when you've risen. I want your scent to linger in all the spaces of my home, of my life. I want to hear you cuss in that alarming manner you used to when you wrestled with a sticky jar lid or an especially nasty crossword puzzle. But it doesn't matter what I want, because you're still gone. Life continues on at its same ordinary, agonizing pace. Each day is much the same as the last. I think the super is getting tired of me though. Does he think that I am responsible for the mold that keeps turning up? Three apartments he's put me in, and all three times I've lasted no more than a week before the spores began announcing themselves through the wall. The funny thing is, the black mold always appears in the same spot, and I could swear they grow in the same shape, the same pattern. A spiral, I think it is. I will write you again soon, my love. This letter was signed. Love, your Romeo. Dear Juliet, I am sorry I haven't written you since the incident. That's the name people are using. The incident. The departure. The arrival. We have a thousand names for what has happened, but no one has the faintest clue as to what that happening actually was. I'm still not used to it, Juliet. I don't know that I ever will be. Each day I awake and it comes as a new shock. The black sun. The gray slate sky. The desert that surrounds us on all sides. Solutions are being discussed. Strategies plotted. I know I should be terrified, and I will of course admit to feeling no small amount of unease at these circumstances. But my terror is mitigated by my excitement. Excitement at all there is now to learn and do. We are off the edges of any map, which means that new maps will need to be drawn. Is this what they mean? when they say that time will heal all wounds? That the future will hand you so much to handle that you have no choice but to let the past slip through your fingers? Will you fade from me? But I am growing tired, and my neighbors are no doubt weary of hearing my pen scratch. The transition, that's another name we're using, 
erased the outside world, but it also erased the barriers between us inside this apartment building. Together, everyone bunks in the penthouse suite, which turned out to be owned by a couple in their 20s. His rich dad, her modeling contract, it added up to a penthouse suite. But they're good kids, the both of them. They still have a thing or two to learn about home ownership, though. Her housework leaves something to be desired, and they've been hit with a similar case of mold as myself. We shall have to have that fixed if all these children and older folks are going to be staying here. Black mold is bad news, no matter its size or shape. The strangest feeling came over me as I wrote that last paragraph. Though the room was filled with sleeping bodies, bodies that snored and moaned and shuffled and moved, suddenly it seemed to me as if dead silence had permeated all throughout. And though the room was shrouded in darkness, it felt to me in that instant that I could sense that same patch of mold, as if it throbbed with some deeper dark, like a night within the night. But I go on and on. This strange land will have me seeing all manner of madness before the end, if I allow it. I will trouble myself with this no longer. Good night, my Juliet. This letter was signed, Love, your Romeo. Dear Juliet, the mold is definitely in the shape of a spiral, and it is definitely growing. Chad and Morgan, I think that's their names, have tried just about everything but the mold still remains, and it still grows. Most of the group has removed themselves to the floor below. People find work to do, either finding supplies or entertaining the children, or fortifying the building. We have made contact with other groups. Tension is high, but spirits are higher. A common optimism binds us all. It really does look like a spiral. Expeditions are being mounted to chart the wasteland. I find that I can't help but paint a million brilliant mental pictures of what there is to find out there. And here I am almost forgetting the best news of all. I have found Frank and Estelle. We ran into each other quite by accident when I went on a supply run with some of the others in my building. Their building has formed an action coalition, just as mine has. We city slickers are proving to be quite adept at adapting to this wild and strange world. It really does look like a spiral. This letter was signed. Your Romeo. The next letter contained no signee and no devotion. The torn sheet of white paper possessed only a single scrawled word. The word is Kaiju. Dear Juliet, when I finally went downstairs, everyone had gone. They must be running errands. All of them, out on errands. I must have been too possessed in my work to notice. The mold has spread so far, so fast. It's in each wall of the penthouse, 
is taking hold of each room in the ceilings and in the floor. I feel a funny sort of certainty that has been the same mold all along, only now I have stopped moving and it has begun to go to ground, to build its nest, to spin its web. It's a silly thought, a crazy thought, down that way leads madness, and yet I feel no desire to stray from this path. Charlie, I think uh, his name was, he and some of the others tried to convince me to leave. I couldn't make them understand. They can't see how close I am. They can't understand how important it is. If I can just crack the pattern, I will be free of it, I know. It is a spiral, of that I am sure. But there are spirals within the spirals, all coiling within one another. Each new shape devours the shape before it, and spawns the shape that will in turn devour it. But then, perhaps they are not spirals at all, but eyes. Maybe each spiral is a new eye in a new human head that is pushing its way into this physical dimension. Sometimes, I think they seem almost to blink. I must just be exhausted. I thought I heard Frank call my name from downstairs, but that can't be. This place is empty. Why would Frank be here? This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, had a long talk with Frank today. This world is wearying to me, but he seems energized by it. He wore a snappy suit with a snazzy red tie, looking as sharp as he has ever looked. It's a good thing he found me when he did. I was at my lowest point. I thought I had come at last to a breakthrough. I felt myself on the cusp of discovery, as if with only a few seconds more, I would crack the power within the black mold and know the true shape of my tormentor. But then, it was gone from me. The enormity of my loss settled on me, and I sank to the floor, and I began to weep. That's when Frank appeared, standing in the doorway with that smile of his. He listened while I wept, while I told him of all that I had suffered since losing you, since coming to this dark place, since trying to suss out the pattern within the mold. He told me he understood. He told me he never understood me before, not really. This I always knew, but it was nice to have it confirmed. But he said he did understand now, and that my work is too important to let slip away. Keep going, he said. Keep going. And so I shall. And so I shall. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, my skin itches. Nothing makes sense. My skin itches. I met Estelle on the street today. She seemed not to recognize me.
She told me Frank is dead. She told me Frank has been dead for a long time. She told me Frank died in the Kaiju incident. My skin itches. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, I've located the source of the itch. The discovery happened quite by accident. I was trying to open the last of my cans, but the opener slipped and cut my left index finger. That's when I saw it. It tried to burrow back out of sight, but I saw it. The mold has gone inside. The mold has gone inside. I will have to make more cuts. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, Operation successful. The mold squirmed when I pinched it with the tweezers, and it wrestled me something fierce as I dragged it out of my arm. It made the strangest noise. I thought perhaps to keep it in a jar for future study, but it is probably safer just to burn it. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, my skin itches. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, second operation as successful as the first. The mold strain was bigger, stronger. I swear the sound it made when I ripped it loose was just like an animal that knows it's been cornered. My skin is still sensitive, but it will take some time before I know if this is simply a psychosomatic response to this trauma, or if some tendrils continue to blossom within my body. Only time will tell. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, I can see it. The mold moves beneath my flesh like worms coursing in soil. I hear a voice that is not my own. I think its roots have gone deep. This letter was left unsigned. Dear Juliet, Went a little wild with a razor today. I cut and cut and cut and cut and cut and cut and cut some more, and a few more cuts after that, and I didn't feel a thing, not even a little thing, not ever, not once. Not a single drop of blood, not ever, not once. The mold reached up out of my wounds, clogged them up, and once I saw that, well, ha ha. I had to keep cutting, and so I kept right on at it. I don't think it will let me die. I will have to run tests. This letter was left unsigned.
Dear Juliet, I want you to understand that all of it was done in a very orderly fashion. First, I cleaned the razor. It practically shone with heat, so thorough a job did I do. I made sure I had all my first aid equipment arranged around the bathroom sink, ready in case I needed it. I applied tape to the eyelashes of my right eye. Even that caused an involuntary flutter, and so I had to reapply the tape, slower and more carefully this time. Even though I knew I was doing a right and necessary thing, I had to take a few deep breaths to steady myself. I need you to understand that I was careful. My hands were slow and steady as they eased the razor blade underneath my right eye. I felt nothing. I wiggled the razor back and forth and forth and back, severing everything that connected my eye to my head. I felt nothing. The eye came all the way out and fell into the sink. It made the funniest sound. I couldn't begin to describe that sound to you and I couldn't begin to explain why I began to laugh. I stared that eye for a good long moment before I looked up and saw the strand of black mold protruding from my skull, twining like seaweed on an ocean breeze. It seemed almost to be waving at me. Well, that got me laughing even harder, which made the mold move even faster, which made me laugh even harder. And I laughed, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I guess I must have just gotten carried away because I drove the razor into the other eye, and I could not stop laughing. But the really funny part didn't come until later. My Juliet, I'm sitting here with both my eyes in my hand, but I can still see just fine. This letter was left. Unsigned. The final letter has no devotion. It reads, Six years, and you're still gone. So much has changed, but you're still gone. Gone. I'll be gone soon. It calls me. It's out my eyes and out my back. It tore through my stomach days ago. Nails of my fingers and toes are gone, ripped away. Mold. All mold. It doesn't hurt. I'm growing into the wall. It doesn't hurt. I'm past hurt. Where are you? I want to hurt again. I want the hurt to end. I want to hurt again. Sinking. I'm sinking. Can't resist. Don't want to resist. I want to hurt. Where are you?
gone. All I am, gone. Where are you? This letter was left unsigned. Now it came to be that one day, a nice day, pleasant enough by the standards of the city beneath the black sun, Chaz and Montana Doherty finished their shift at the gun turret and began making their way back to the center of the city, where they lived in the fortified keep of the man McRae. It came to be that Montana got a rock stuck in her shoe, and the couple had to stop so she could address it. It was a moment before they realized they were in front of the building where they had lived what felt like a lifetime ago. A wave of nostalgia overtook them, and a word this agreement was quickly arrived at. They scaled the stairs, hand in hand, and for a time they were content to roam old walkways and hear long sounds voices anew. It was with some reluctance that they mounted the final set of stairs up to their own old penthouse. Neither much wanted to open that door, but both felt that whatever unconscious closure they sought could not be achieved without going in. So in they went. Their own reaction surprised the couple. Far from bringing up a wellspring of emotion, as the downstairs area had, the predominant feeling here was one of peaceful nostalgia. The people who had lived here had been them, but they were not the people who had lived here. Not anymore. Montana made disapproving noise. Now I remember why we moved, she said. Chaz followed her line of vision to the far wall, much of which had been claimed by an aggressive patch of black mold. Did it always look like that? He asked, troubled. His wife shrugged. It's probably gotten bigger. These things tend to. What does it matter? Black mold is bad news, no matter its size or shape. She left. He stayed. He remembered a man whose name he could not. The man used to chatter on endlessly about that mold, this mold. He used to say there was a pattern to it, a spiral. The man was wrong, Chaz noted. The mold did not look like a spiral. It looked like a man, a man whose mouth lingered open in a final, frozen scream. Chaz shuddered, and then he blinked and, looking again, he decided it didn't really resemble a man as much as he had first thought. It had been a long shift, he decided, and now his tired mind was playing tricks. His wife was calling for him to come, and so he went. Later, the letters would be found and placed in sequence by an interested third party. But that's another story. Hello and thank you for listening to this episode of Black Sun Dispatches, part of the Cinepunks Podcast Network. My name is Brandon Foley, and I write, produce, and perform the show. Black Sun Dispatch is only one of many great shows offered by the Cinepunks Network, uh, so even if this one wasn't to your liking, uh, please check out Cinepunks, Loud Fast Philly, 
Horror Business, or any one of the number of new shows we've been launching uh, recently. Uh, Cinepunk is sponsored by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. You can hit them up at xlvacx.com. You can also be a Cinepunk sponsor yourself by supporting our Patreon, which you can find on our website. If you like this show, please rate and review us on iTunes and help spread the word on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and to your friends and family, uh, just spread it like a virus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the true Brendan F. You can find additional writing by me on synapse.co and on my Medium page. You can follow the show on Twitter at Black Sun Show, and I'll give you all the updates on new episodes and uh, just general fun goodies. Black Sun Dispatch's logo was designed by Jennifer Rogers. The show is produced using Reaper, and music for this week's episode is Winter by E.L. Heath. Uh, so we'll be back on July 10th with a brand new episode. Hopefully you'll enjoy your holiday weekend. Uh, and uh, I'll see you back here then. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye.